Escapreneur Podcast with your hosts, Miranda and Razi, a podcast for both new and established estheticians to learn and grow your business. So let's get this shit started. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Razi, and you're listening to Escapreneur. This podcast is dedicated to all estheticians who are in business. Commercial real estate is typically the second highest expense behind payroll for most businesses. A poorly negotiated lease or purchase can cost a practice tens and thousands of dollars. And as estheticians, we are the expert in skincare. We are the expert to make you go, but we are not the expert in figuring out how to find the right commercial commercial real estate. And since I have been personally struggling with this problem, I decided that I should talk about this topic and just the way universe work is really beautiful. Universe brought some amazing opportunities my way this week. And one of those opportunities was talking to Colin Carr. Colin is a commercial real estate expert who has successfully completed over a thousand commercial real estate transactions while saving his clients hundreds and millions of dollars. I mean, hundreds and millions is a lot and the way he explains it, it's actually true. It's It will cost you hundreds and millions of dollars if you don't work with the right real estate agent. Colin founded and scaled CAR, a nationwide commercial real estate company, to exclusively represent the unique needs and interests of healthcare providers. Colin has mastered several niches in the healthcare real estate industry and is passionate about helping others to maximize their profitability through real estate. Now, we understand that we're not healthcare providers, but we are providers and business owners in health and wellness space. That's why I wanted to have Colin on our podcast today so he can elaborate a little bit on how he can help us as business owners to save thousands and millions of dollars on our real estate properties while we are leasing or purchasing a commercial real estate. So let's welcome Colin Carr. How are you doing, Colin? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Of course, as I said before, even before our call, this is actually, it came at such a perfect time that I was manifesting it probably, really frustrated, looking into some real estate and trying to find a location for our new business that we're planning to launch a functional medicine practice. And I was having such a hard time finding somebody who can help us. Usually when you're going to buy a house is much different versus when you are buying a real estate, commercial real estate to start a practice. And a lot of people struggle with that, which I never thought until like I really started the progress of. The, the whole process of this. So I wanted to ask you, how did you actually get started in this field? Yeah, um, thank you. So I started uh, in commercial real estate in my early 20s as far as brokerage. Um, I did property management for years prior to that. Um, but when I got into brokerage, I was basically just a generalist. And I, I did office, industrial, retail, essentially anything I could get my hands on, I would do the deal. And then over a number of years, I just started getting introduced to healthcare providers. And I use the term healthcare provider, uh, but really it's, it's a lot broader for us. It's, it's really health and wellness. So um, one of my first healthcare deals that I did was actually was a med spa. And so um, I started doing, I started doing, um, you know, dental deals, veterinary deals, med spas, et cetera. And the long story short is I just realized that the healthcare provider or the, the wellness provider, uh, they just weren't represented. And so the people yeah. were doing landlord representation. Like if you wanted to go into, you know, lease a property, the landlord had an agent or a broker that was advising him or her, but the doctor or the healthcare provider or the wellness provider was not. And so I, I had a number of deals that I did where I was on the landlord's side and the tenant was unrepresented. And I realized how much 
money that tenant was losing and how much money the landlord was making uh, because the tenants didn't know what they were doing. They didn't understand what it meant to have a strategy or to create posture in the negotiation. They literally just showed up and said, you know, would you give me this lease rate or would you give me this much money? And the landlords, you know, would give them a little bit so they'd feel like they got a win. But the landlords were capturing a significant amount of the uh, you know, opportunity in the deal. So what I mean by that is in every commercial transaction, there's a margin of the lease rate for what the landlords are willing to do. Like they want the highest lease rate, the tenant wants the lowest lease rate, but the difference in that amount of money could literally be a couple hundred thousand dollars over a 10 year period. Wow. Uh, same thing with like with free rent or what we call a tenant improvement allowance or a build out allowance, landlords will invest money into their spaces for longer term leases, like a five, seven or 10 year lease. Well, that amount of money that they put into a deal could be $10,000 or it can literally be $150,000. And so getting, getting the tenant to capture as much of that free rent or much of that build out period or the lowest lease rates is a, is a very specific game plan. And I just realized that the tenants didn't have the same representation that landlords had. And I was interested in helping healthcare providers and wellness providers. So I launched the company in 2009. And our game plan was to only help the actual uh, tenant buyer. So no landlords, no sellers, just the tenants. And it's been a phenomenal uh, game plan ever since. And we, we launched in 09 and we're now today in, uh, I think, 44 states nationwide. Wow. That's actually very amazing because you never, uh, like even me looking for a space, all I'm doing is like reaching out to the re, uh, real estate agents that are already from the um, from the property, and there's nobody else. Honestly, something like that. I never it never even crossed my mind because I never thought there would be something out there. So, what are some of the top mistakes most of the healthcare providers or the business owners do make when they are looking for an office space? Well, they do exactly what you just said. They they just contact the listing agent. Um, and they don't they don't get representation themselves. And so they just you know kind of drive around or they look online, they see a property and they'll call that that listing agent, and start asking questions. But what that communicates to the listing agent is that you don't have representation. You don't have a game plan. You don't have a strategy. You're just kind of trying to figure it out yourself. And they're smart enough to realize that you don't know what you're doing. And so it starts the negotiation off on a really bad foot. And most people will say, well, I'm not actually negotiating. I'm just getting information. But you have to realize that you're actually communicating that you don't have a game plan or strategy when you're making that first phone call. Okay. It's kind of like if you were in a legal situation, you'd have your attorney make the first call, not you personally. Or if the IRS came and audited your taxes, like you wouldn't respond to the IRS, you'd have your CPA respond to the IRS. And so when you're, when you're engaged in a high dollar negotiation, which is what commercial real estate transactions are, you want to start with a representative who's exclusively looking at your interests and protecting your needs. And that person makes the first phone call. That person starts the conversation. So uh, I can give you a lot of them, but that's, that's the, the very first one. And that's the first mistake that most, you know, most business owners or healthcare providers make. Yeah, that's the mistake I have actually been making for past couple months. <laughs> and that's why I'm getting nowhere. It's just like I'm stuck in this place. And recently I was just telling my husband, I'm like, seems like these real estate agents are not even interested in putting their 
office for rent or anything, the space for rent. Why are they not responsive? Why are they not like really taking this serious? So I just, it's something that is not even brought to us. So most of the time people, when they are going looking for spaces and for businesses, it doesn't even cross their mind that, okay, I need to have an agent that presents me as well. Usually we think that about when we are buying a house but I never thought that it would also be something in the in the commercial space as well. So, well, I wanted to ask you that um, if somebody is like deciding to go for a leasing or versus purchasing, what is the difference between that? What would be different in both scenarios? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, in commercial real estate, for every for every you know let's say 100 spaces that are available for lease, there might only be one space or two spaces available for purchase. So that's one of the biggest differentiators between commercial and residential. In residential, yes, there's apartments that are for lease or homes, but but the vast majority of residential real estate is people buying and selling houses. In commercial real estate, the vast majority of commercial real estate are leases. And there's a number of reasons why. Um, number number one, it's just harder to you know build a really small space. Like you can't make space make sense of building a 1,200 square foot space. Like it just doesn't work that way. The numbers don't pencil, and so it's more cost effective to build larger buildings than to divide them up and then to lease them out. So that's one big differentiator. So when people go to the market and they're looking for their business. Um, you might have a desire to own, but there might not be any properties available that meet your needs. And so the first question is, uh, is there any inventory? Like, is there anything available that's the, the size that I want that's for sale? That's the first question. The next question is, if there is, uh, can you afford it? Like sometimes there's there's only one property available for sale in an area and it might be a $5 million building and that doesn't make sense for your business. So the first question is, what's available in the area that I want to be? Um, does it fit my needs and so forth? The next thing is, can I afford it? And if the answer is yes, then we get into an economic evaluation. What does the cost look like to lease each month versus what does it look like to purchase each month or, or to have a mortgage each month? Um, if you're leasing as well, there's a lot of benefits like you can start in a smaller space and then you could relocate in a few years once you get a more, you know, more successful practice or business. Um, when you lease, landlords will typically give you a free build-out period, so you're not paying any payments while you're building the space out. That's beneficial. Though a lot, a lot of times they'll also give you free rent once you open the, the the business too. So you might get like five months free to build out. You might get three months free once you open. All of that free rent goes to help improve your cash flow and to help make your startup process a lot smoother. So that can be very beneficial. Um, another benefit of leasing is that landlords will contribute money towards the build-out for a longer-term lease. If you want a one or two year lease, they're not going to probably give you anything. But if you're willing to sign a five or seven or 10 year lease, they'll contribute money towards the build out. And again, that means that's less money that you have to bring to the table or less money that you have to borrow and then pay interest on over the next seven or 10 years. So, so leasing gives you a more competitive opportunity typically um, as far as you know, cash flow, less money into the deal, et cetera. The, the downside is every check you cut goes into the landlord's pocket, not not to pay down principal. Like when you own every cut you check to the mortgage company, the bank, you're paying down principal, which means your net worth is increasing, just like your house. Every time you, you pay a mortgage payment, you know, you pay down the balance of the loan and your net worth increases. So ownership is fantastic from the standpoint of building net worth. You also get to pick up some additional tax deductions when you own because you can depreciate commercial real estate. But it usually costs more money, usually usually involves 
um, a higher payment per month. It means you're going to borrow more money, et cetera. So there's pros and cons of each. What I would tell you is this. If, if you don't know where you want to be located for the next 10 years or what size space you're going to need for the next 10 years, or, or if there's any uncertainty, leasing is a great way to get your business off the ground or to, you know, just to thrive in your practice. If you do know where you want to be for the next 10 years, if you do have the money for the down payment, if you are okay making a higher payment per month, which is typically what you have to do, then ownership can make a lot of sense for you. So there's no one size fits all. There's there's kind of the idea like, you know, out of college, and maybe it made more sense for you to rent an apartment or a, a townhome first, and then you purchase later. You know, there's just, there's differences with residential and commercial, but there are some similarities where do you want to be for the next 10 years? Can you afford the monthly payment? Do you have the down payment um, concepts like that? And then really it gets into the economics. You, you should be running a very detailed purchase versus lease analysis. And the numbers will tell you whether you can or can't afford it. Right now I'm having goosebumps just listening to everything that you're saying, <laughs> because um, it's like, like I told you, it's universe just bringing things together where I was just like asking God to just please send somebody who can help me because I'm losing my mind. I am not able to figure this thing out. I find these amazing locations and I don't have anybody helping me. And to have somebody who's on your side and who can negotiate all these things, I had no idea these things are even possible, honestly. I have no idea that you could actually get five to three months or eight months on without any payment or anything. So what is that? How is that you can actually help business owners save hundreds and thousands of dollars? Like what is yeah. that you do? Yeah. Well, and let me, let me make this comment too. You know, so we're talking about, we're talking about, you know, health and wellness. We're talking about aesthetics based practices, et cetera, or businesses. I mean, this would be the equivalent of someone saying, well, you don't need to go to an aesthetician, just wash your face every day. Like, like, why would you need to go to someone who could, I mean, it's that type of a concept. Like, like, you can do it yourself. You can just wash your face at home or you can just put on lotion on your skin every day and that's all you need to do. You would say, well, no, that's foolish. There's so many other things you could be doing to get the desired results. It's the same thing when it comes to commercial real estate. You can do it yourself, but you can also hire someone who can help you achieve a much more favorable result. Um, same thing, like I joke around, like the dentist, like you don't need to go to the dentist, just brush your teeth every day. Why would you go to the dentist? You, people would say, well, that's crazy. Of course you go to the dentist. It's the same thing. There's the do-it-yourself approach, and then there's the approach where you find someone in, who specializes in a specific area who can do it more efficiently, who can do it faster, who can get better results, and at the end of the day, who can also protect your interests and make sure that you don't get exposed to you know a lot of liability or unnecessary costs. So that's kind of my overview. Um, as far as like what what I can do or what someone can do for you if it's done properly is they're going to go to the market for you. They're going to, they're going to be the one calling the landlords, the listing agents, the sellers, and they're going to start trying to whittle down properties so that you're not looking at a property that doesn't make sense for your business. If the space isn't the right size, like there's no reason to set, spend time looking at a space that you can't afford or that's too small or too big. The next thing they're going to do is they're going to pre-qualify the landlords and what I mean by that is they're going to find out, do they have an appetite for your use? Do they, I mean, they might say, no, I only want a restaurant in this space. Well, then let's not waste time showing you a space. They're not going to do a deal with you there. So it's the, it's the, you know, the due diligence they're going to perform. Um, they can do things like competition studies as well. Like if you said, Hey, listen, I don't want to be right on top of two other businesses that do the same thing. Could you do a competition study? The answer is yes. 
Um, you might say, I want to do a demographic study. You might say my, my target patient is a person of this gender in this income bracket, you know, with this much disposable aid. I mean, like you can run those numbers and you can get really specific when it comes to demographics and due diligence. So you might say, I already know where I want to be. I don't need your help there. But you might also say, hey, I want to get really specific data to help me figure out, is this the best location? So that's part of the process too. And then once you actually get into it, one of the things you're looking at is just, I want to make sure I get the best terms possible. When you go to market, you let, let's say you looked at like five, six properties, one or two of those landlords might be willing to get dramatically more aggressive on the leash rate or on how much money they put into the deal. But you won't know that if you don't negotiate with multiple landlords. And that's another big differentiator between residential and residential. You go look at houses, you know, you look at townhomes, condos. And then once you find one you like, you submit an offer and you're negotiating with one person at a time because it's a binding contract. Like you signed a purchase offer. And if the seller signs that you're under contract, you can get out of those contracts usually with contingencies or due diligence objections. But in commercial real estate, you negotiate on a non-binding basis. So you submit what's called a letter of intent or a request for a proposal, but it's non-binding. That allows you to negotiate with three or four landlords simultaneously, and you get a chance to see which landlord really wants to make the deal. Like You might submit an offer on four properties. One of those landlords might not want to make your deal. They might have two other people looking at the space. They're not interested in getting aggressive, but you might find one or two or three of those other landlords that really want to make a deal. They want to get the space leased up, and they're willing to give you more free rent higher build-out allowance, lower lease rates, lower annual increases, and the difference between their deal and the landlord or two that was not willing to get aggressive could literally be a couple hundred thousand dollars. And people say, well, that's a lot of money, but it, but it's actually it's actually easy to get to that number. People say, well, how do, you, how do you get that much money into a deal? Well, think about it. If you went into a deal and you wanted to rent or lease a 2,500-foot space, if you overpay by even, let's, let's say, $3 a square foot per year, that's $7,500 per year you're overpaying in just one area, which is the lease payment. Over 10 years, that's $75,000. If you don't capture as much free rent as you could have, you can lose $20,000, $40,000 in free rent very quickly. If you don't get the right build-out allowance, it's the same thing. And so you take a mistake with the lease rate, here comes $70,000, $80,000. You take a mistake with the free build-out period or free rent, you lose $20,000, $30,000. If you have too high of an annual interest, you could lose twenty. $20,000, over the course of a lease very quickly. And so you just start taking the different areas where you have the ability either to save money or lose money, you add them all up, and it adds up to $100,000 very, very quickly. And if you get into larger spaces or longer term leases, which a lot of, you know, a lot of practices or businesses do, again, it's, it's not hard to lose $200,000 very quickly. So we're not trying to scare people. We're not trying to make it bigger than it is, but we're also trying to make sure people aren't minimizing it. Because this is not the equivalent of like, hey, you know, I, I, I bought a bottle of hand cream and I overpaid by $2. And so I'll buy, a, I'll buy a bigger bottle next month somewhere that has a lower price. Like you can't repurchase your real estate. You get one crack at this apple every five, seven or 10 years. So if you make a mistake, you can't just go buy it cheaper next month. You are stuck with this contract for the next like 10 years typically. So the, the best way I could say it is higher representation go to the market, look at all your options to lease or purchase, negotiate with multiple landlords, multiple sellers simultaneously, go multiple rounds of negotiation, and then you're not wondering if you got a good deal or a bad deal. You'll have multiple deals that you can just literally put them on paper and you can compare one versus the other. 
It's like having a treatment plan where you say, hey, listen, you've got three options. Here's the cost of one. Here's the cost of the other. Here's the cost of the other. Here's the benefits of each one. And then you can compare and say, what do I want to do? How much am I willing to spend? How much am I willing to invest? Which one is going to get me the best result? And then you don't have to wonder if you had a better option available to you. You know all your options and then you choose and you choose with confidence and you choose with peace of mind knowing that you made the right choice. Wow. Oh, this is a lot of information in a very short period of time, and, yes. but it's a very good information, actually. So, well, and let me say this too: if your first response is that sounds overwhelming, then the answer is, well, you don't have to be the person who does it; you just have to know who to hire. It's kind of like this: you know, I, I run a large company. Our corporate tax return is like five hundred pages, literally five hundred pages. I don't have to understand every aspect, every page, every line on it. I have to have a good CPA who can explain it to me if I have a question. So it's the same thing when it comes to attorneys. I don't have to understand every piece of legal terminology in every contract. I have to have a good attorney who can explain things and make things that are complex, more simplified and explain them to me. It's the same thing with real estate. You don't have to become a commercial real estate expert. You hire someone who can help you get the result you're looking for. So if you feel overwhelmed, that's a pretty good indicator. Just hire someone who can do a great job for you. So when I'm, for example, looking into hiring someone, what does that do uh, that I have to keep in mind when when hiring a um, real estate agent? Like what are those pointers that I should keep in mind? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first thing is you want someone who represents your interests only. So you can't hire the person who also works for the landlord of the property you're, you're looking at. And this is another huge mistake that, that business owners make is they'll drive around, they'll call um, a sign in front of a building, and then they'll go see a space, and then they're talking to somebody. Well, that person works for the landlord. Like They can't legally give you any advice or do anything that helps you. And so a lot of times those listing agents, they'll, they'll be very cordial, they'll be very responsive, they'll get you information. Other times they totally ignore you, but sometimes they'll be very responsive. And then, and then you're asking them questions and you think that person's helping you they're actually they're actually working on behalf of the opposing party. Okay, so you want to make sure the first thing is the person you hire doesn't have a conflict of interest. They they can't be working for for a landlord or a listing agent of a property you're looking at. So no conflicts of interest is important. Number two, you want to make sure they understand your business. You want to make sure they understand what your needs are. There's a lot of real estate brokers that don't pay attention to the use. They just go out there, look at spaces, show you properties, and they don't understand what's really important to you. So you want to try to find a specialist that understands your unique needs based upon your business or your practice, et cetera. Um, and then the next thing is you want to make sure that you like the person as well. Sometimes people say, oh, you, know, you need to work with this person or that person. If you don't like the person, don't work with them. Okay. I know it sounds kind of funny, but you'd be amazed. People say, well, I don't know who else to call. And so they start working with the broker they don't really like or trust. Uh, because they think they don't have any other options, you do. There's plenty of people out there and you can find someone who's really qualified, who you're going to enjoy working with, who you trust. And if you talk to someone and you don't like them, trust them or want to work with them, don't force it. Like find someone else and and, and keep, keep looking, keep searching online, keep calling people, keep looking. There's too much on the line for you to hire someone that you don't trust or don't want to work with long term. And so don't just just like a healthcare provider or a wellness provider if you don't like the person you don't go to them again okay i don't care who i don't care if it's i don't care if it's an orthopedic surgeon if it's your hairdresser like if you don't like the person you find someone different same thing for real estate find someone you like that you want to work with that you trust 
Yeah. So I'm going to give you a little story of like what happened last year. I started my practice. It was, um, it was not a huge practice. It was a very small studio that I wanted to actually have at that moment. And my husband was not offering any Botox fillers or any other services. It was just me doing corrective skincare. So I went in and I like looked up some locations and places. I found an office building and inside there we, I rented a space. So in the contract, what happened is that initially they told me the rent is going to be around 1100 a month. That's what it was like. She told me that that's what it's going to be. And in one contract that I signed, it was actually 1100 next contract that I don't know what happened. It was at up to 1500 a month. And that was not clarified to us. If it, I was told it was first of all, inside a building, I wasn't sure that if like there would be any foot traffic or anything on top of that, the, what happened is that the business, um, for some, for personal reasons, I was not able to continue with the business. So I shut it down and I asked them that, Hey, it's only been two years, uh, two months that I have actually been in the space. I legally cannot perform because my license, according to Oregon's law, uh, my license was not accepted. So I needed to go and get a different license. So they were not accommodating me. I had to pay rent till the time my lease was over. They did not want to talk about anything. There was nothing that I did actually. The only thing that I put on the wall was two holes maybe to hang my license. That's about it. And for that, they took the deposit and they've also been sending me letters to, you have to pay another 180 for the damages. I'm like, it's only one hole. How much is it costing you to cover that hole? I you yeah. already took the deposit, which is for five hundred, um, and there's a lot of things that that I didn't know about it. And now that I'm thinking about restarting the business and doing everything all over again, I want to be very conscious about of who I'm working with. And I made all the mistakes that you just mentioned in uh, in this podcast. Like I took the number that I was driving by somewhere. There was like an ad about it that, oh, we have space available. And I called them and they are actually unresponsive, not helping at all. So to know that you have someone in Oregon or almost like 40, 45, 44 uh, states, you have agents that can help. That's amazing. But I have a question for you. When you do work with somebody like that, how does the how does it work? Like, do the agent get commissioned based on what the rent is? Or do, do when we hire them, do we have to pay them for their hours and everything that they're doing? How does that work? Yeah, that's a great question, too. So so let me say this. Um, I'm going to answer two questions. If you don't know if you want a space for long term and you just want to go try something and you want to go to like a salon suites or whatever, it's, it's okay just to call those people directly. If you say, hey, I'm going to do like a three-month short-term lease, you can call whoever you want to call. If you say, I'm going to do a six-month lease or a month-to-month lease and just try this, that that's when you just go call the person directly. You go call the salon owner, the, the salon suites type provider, or you go call the small office space because there's not a whole lot you're going to get if you're only willing to sign a one-month lease or a three-month lease or whatever. If you know, however, you, you want to be in an area and you want to build a very nice a very nice like like med spa. You're going to be there for the next five, seven, or ten years. That's when there's enough value to the landlord to where they're going to get more aggressive for your deal. If it's a six month deal, they're not going to do a whole lot for it. It's kind of, that's kind of like a two month lease on an apartment is the kind of the equivalent there. It's okay. like, hey, here's the keys, pay me rent, see you later. So if you want a very short term lease, you're just trying it yourself or giving it a shot. 
that's fine to call someone directly. But if you're going to do a multi-year lease, like a three-year, five-year, seven-year more, or you're going to build out a really nice spot or a really nice practice, that's when you need to get someone involved who can help you. Um, and so the, the answer to your question is you should not be paying your real estate agent if you are the tenant or the buyer. Okay. If you're looking at doing spaces for your practice, your business, you're not paying the agent. Just like if you're going to buy a house, you're not paying the buyer's agent. The way it works in commercial real estate is just like residential. In residential, the seller has a commission set aside for his or her listing agent and then for the buyer's agent. Same thing for commercial. The landlord or the seller sets aside a commission for the listing agent and then also for the tenants or the buyer's agent. So you don't pay that person, which is great. It's, it's already factored into the deal. It's coming out of the landlord's profits, not yours. And in most scenarios for a long-term lease, if you as the tenant don't have an agent, the listing agent for the landlord gets a double commission. So when you show up there and just start calling out properties, you're not saving money. And that's that's honestly one reason that a lot of like healthcare providers or wellness providers or business owners, the reason they don't hire a broker typically is because they think that they're saving money. And it's really, it's really a fool's game plan because the listing agent gets a double commission. So not only are you not saving money, the person who's working against you gets double the compensation and then you don't have anyone to advise you and save you time and help you save money. So again, just short-term lease, call anybody you want to. Go look at spaces yourself. It's a two-month, three-month lease, five-month. You're just trying to figure it out. Call anybody you want to. Do anything you want to do. But if it's a if it's a real lease, like a five-year, seven-year, ten-year, and you want to plant your flag and you want to build a beautiful practice and you're going to put you know fantastic signage and finishes up there and it's going to be a real significant practice or business, that's when you want to get someone involved who can really help you in the process. Well, we are working after this call is done. So <laughs> we're definitely working yeah. together. Well, and then one more thing, you, you mentioned that, you know, you got involved in a lease and then you couldn't get out. Like that's, that's true. Like that's not, that's not unusual. So the landlord's not being a jerk in that scenario. Like once they sign that contract, like you're locked, it's kind of like this. You go buy a car from a car dealership. Like you can't come back three months later and say, I don't want it anymore. Like you got to sell it back to them. Or you got to buy out of it. Same thing. I mean, you get a credit card, you charge a credit card. I mean, you, you can't turn it back in and say, take it back. I don't want it. Like, like you're stuck with that credit card as far as the bill that you have to pay. So look at landlords like you would look at someone giving you a loan or credit or giving you something. So mortgage, student loan, you know, car payment, credit card, you know, the landlord is offering you space in exchange for you paying them money. And so that's a form of a loan. It's a form of credit. And so, you know, they take it seriously. And so if you change your mind a couple months later, or a year or two in, like their response typically is, sorry, like that's your problem, not yeah. mine. And you can try to sublease the space and they should try to release it for you and try to mitigate the costs. But, you know, they're going to they're going to expect you to pay the bill on that, whether you're there or not. Well, my problem was that they were not allowing to sublease. That was the thing, uh, yes, which exactly. I understand in a situation like that. Of course, once you sign a lease, it's a contract and you should abide by the contract. But since in the contract, they did mention that you cannot you can't have like you can't sublease the space. They followed that same thing to the T while they did not follow everything to the T when it came to their rent. So I find that a little shady as a business owner. I also do conduct business. And, and there are times where if my I understand my client's situation that, okay, things happen in life. If you cannot 
continue working with me. I completely understand. I would do something to accommodate you. What I saw that there was no accommodation in that. If yeah. I was allowed to sublease it, that would absolutely be completely fine. We could sublease the space and have somebody else do whatever. So, yeah. um, yeah, I no, think it, it was like in, in that scenario that that's not that's not the right way. So that also is another aspect of what a good agent will do, though, for you. They'll help make sure that you have a good sublease provision in your lease. So that should be part of any lease for any wellness practice. You should have a sublease provision that allows you to sublease. That's number one. And then number two, landlords typically have to mitigate losses. And so them saying, I'm not going to help you or not do anything most landlords should be willing to help mitigate loss. So if you say, listen, I can't be in the space anymore, you know, would you guys please try to find a, a different tenant? I'll, I'll absorb the cost until that happens. I'll pay my rent until you find a new tenant. Um, if there's any, any you know, costs that, that are unnecessary or just, just because of my deal, I'll help look at mitigating some of those, but a good landlord should do that. So it's not like you've got a bad landlord, um, but you know, that's, I'd say that's the majority of landlords, okay? I wish I, I could tell you that every landlord was great. And that people love their landlords. Very few people like their landlords, and it's just—it's a tough business, honestly. I mean, um, I kind of joke around. It's, it's kind of like it's, it's like a boxing match, and people jump in the ring with their landlord, and they get punched in the face really hard, and they're like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Listen, this is a game. Like, the landlords are here to make money, and, and yes. the landlords are not nonprofits. Like, the landlords are not here to make you feel good about yourself. They're not here to yes. help you." be very wealthy like they're here to make as much money as possible so you know if you get in the ring with someone and you're boxing like expect to get punched like that's what landlords do as well that might be a funny analogy but that's just how they operate you know well that's very true actually the way you explained it that's exactly how it is and that's why it's also important to have somebody on your side who can basically represent you so uh i am going to add all the information for your guys's website and everything in the description of this podcast because i know most of the estheticians that i know are uh looking into either starting their own med spas and starting their own practices and they definitely do need help and i want people to understand that they don't make the same mistakes i have made that's why i have this podcast in which i usually i'm talking about my problems and the things that i have done wrong so they can learn from mine and i hope that we can uh work together after this call is done and you can i'm fine <laughs> feeling really hopeful and excited after talking to you is that there is some some light at the end of the tunnel and this time since we are looking to um sign a lease that is long term and we are planning to have a practice that is going to stay for longer it would be very important to work with someone like yourself or any of your agents that you might have here so guys I, first of all, I want to thank you so much for coming to the podcast, sharing your information and knowledge. It was a lot. It was so different than what usually we do. This is a beauty podcast, aesthetics podcast to talk about real estate. It was a little out of my comfort zone, but I'm really grateful that I did that because this is the impor important information that I needed and also my audience needed it. So thank you so much, Colin. Yeah, I really appreciate having me on. Thank you. Of course, guys, I'm going to go ahead and share all his information in the description of the podcast. Stay tuned till the next episode. Keep glowing. Keep growing. Bye-bye.